Hello, everybody. <laughs> Took me a second there to get going. Welcome to another episode of Just Two Dads, episode number 142 with my co-host, Mr. Sean Francis. I am Brian Altunian. Today is, uh, today's guest is, we can talk to our guest today about a whole bunch of subjects. We're going to talk about a few things that are kind of near and dear and personal to us um, this particular time. Um, so we've been talking about, about grief and other emotions that we share with our children and our family members. Um, so I have my Kleenex handy, <laughs> Susanna. Um, so stay tuned for another episode of Just Two Dads. Uh, welcome, everybody, catching us uh, live on Facebook. I am Brian Alpinian, along with Sean Francis, and this is another episode of Just Two Dads. Again, we started this uh, podcast about three years ago, and we're episode 142, and always um, find value for ourselves <laughs> with the guests that we have. Hopefully, it, you find some value in it as well. So if you're catching us on Facebook Live, thanks. Leave us a comment. Thank you very much. If you're catching us after the fact on our YouTube channel at uh, Just Two Dads, um, please subscribe, share with your friends. And if you're hearing us on podcast outlets or on WSTX AM radio down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, thank you for joining us and making us part of your listening day. Uh, today's conversation um, is, uh, is, good, is one that I think at some point in time we all have to deal with, um, whether we have neurotypical children or children uh, with, you know, with, uh, with other special needs. And that's how we handle certain emotions. And um, so... I'm very excited. This is a good friend of uh, a good friend of our of our show. She was on. I think Susanna, you're probably on like the tenth episode or something that we did the very first time. We've mm-hmm. we've had many many conversations uh, since then, and so very excited to get into it. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Sean to say hello, and then we're going to start talking about today's today's subject. Sean Francis, how are you today, buddy? I am grateful and excited for today's episode. Uh, our guest is. Uh, a friend of the show, friend of ours, someone who is a um, a mom to uh, a daughter with um, more than one diagnosis, a person with um, more than one cause. She's just a warrior and she's an author. She has a book coming out and she is a life coach to special needs families. And if you stop and think about it, we always say that everything that's important to everyone um, when it comes to financial literacy, being seen, being heard, um, knowing that you matter, um, having fulfillment, those things, anything that matters to everyone matters to those in our community, either those of us who are caregivers or those of us with a diagnosis, even more so. And so um, our guest today is someone who has been here before, as Brian has said, and um, just welcome, welcome again, Susanna Peace Lavelle. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, two dads. Um, I always... <laughs> love being here. I always love being in the same space as you both. I Mm -hmm. enjoy thoroughly our energy exchange. I love many of our shared intentions and motivators in this lifetime. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still here. I think a little bit uh, wiser than the last time I was on, maybe, I don't know. Um, But I'm I'm here and I'm so happy to be here. And I I think that this is a very timely topic. And um, I'm looking forward to jumping right in. Well, you know, I want to give credit where it's uh, due as we've lost Brian there for a second. He should be back momentarily. Um, you know, um, both Brian and I experienced um, uh, 
losses in our family very uh, recently. Um, I think like weeks apart. And um, as a result of that, I think the loss in my family took place first. And I want to give credit where it's due um, as we were getting ready for, you know, we lost my, uh, my sister-in-law and as we were getting ready for her, um, her service and her memorial, we were trying to figure out whether or not our son Elijah would attend. Um, you know, my wife, Laura said to me, you know, that would, that would make a good topic for you, for your show, because I'm sure there's people that need and want to know about that. And then the good idea that it was became, you know, um, pile upon, so to speak, by the fact that Brian, you know, lost uh, his mom. And the one thing that Brian and I agreed upon is that we can sit and talk about anything, but there are certain topics for which greater value will be given to the audience. If we have someone who is, um, very familiar um, or um, professionally aligned with um, solutions to the matter. So today we're going to be talking about grief and the emotions around that and how those that we love and how we uh, process that. Um, because I'm still not clear from my personal standpoint if Elijah understands um, that he's lost his aunt. I mean, I, I think he has an idea, but the fact that it's not clear makes you stop and think about other situations that family deal uh, families deal with and obviously that depends upon you know the diagnosis of severity uh, cognitive delay and things of that sort but in your experience uh Susanna um why don't you open up the conversation about the very subject <laughs> mm -hmm. um if I may start with just a few questions for you Sean because I think this mm -hmm. paint the picture better I think yeah, for our too. So your son, Elijah, is now 15? 17. 17. Goes fast. So. Yeah. And we, uh, we, 17 started first day of his last year of high school as a senior <laughs> on Monday. And we took um, senior pictures like two weeks ago. It's just, mm. which is mind blowing, but at the same time rewarding because he had to sit. It's one thing to take a couple of pictures of yourself. It's another thing to have an actual photo session and deal with a cap and a gown. And mm -hmm. but he, he did every last bit of it, though. He really oh, I did. cannot. I cannot wait to see those photos. And I know he loves a, a nice suit too. So that he does. <laughs> he, that does. he does. He does. Yes. Yes, you can see yeah. them. So okay. So for perspective, just so we can again have a mm -hmm. have an idea of the scenario here. So Light is now seventeen. Your sister-in-law passed a few months ago. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. and, yes. and so was, and it was unexpected, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you have the unexpectedness of it. So I'm just sort of, again, painting the picture here. And Elijah was close with her or how was his relationship with her? He, he wasn't necessarily close um, because we hadn't seen as much of her over the past couple of years, but he, he knew, he knew he's close enough to acknowledge that's her. Yes. Yes. Okay. Got it. And, and he had a good connection. You'd have a good connection with her though, I should say. Yeah. Okay. So there was energy exchange there. Um, mm -hmm. And, and so what was the question about and the conversation that you and Laura had your wife regarding whether or not Elijah would actually attend the funeral? Was that more like we need to ask him if he, if he would like to attend or is it does it make sense for him to attend? I think we kind of, I think it was a little bit of both because she had a conversation with him trying to explain to him 
that she had passed away. And he, at some point shortly after that, said that his words were that he was sad Mm -hmm. uh, because she was gone. Now, in terms of just, we're talking about grief and related emotions. So I guess right next to that is death itself. And so what he would think or comprehend of that, you know, I was not sure, but, you know, a couple of years ago, we were out all day. I had to take my wife to, I had to take her to the uh, emergency room and we were there for a long period of day uh, of the day. And I took my phone with me. It was like really, really early in the morning, didn't take a charger. And we let his sister know just, you know, what progress was and that I didn't have much juice on my phone and the phone almost, and, and the phone had died. And when we came home, she told us that when she told him that my phone died, he got upset, started freaking out and cried because he thought that what she was conveying was that I had. And I literally had two feelings, one of sorrow because he had such a scare, but two, an appreciation for him being able to comprehend what that meant. How that translates into his aunt's departure, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was that for the service, it could either go well or it could be super overwhelming. And we chose to keep him in summer school on that given day instead. Okay. And not bring him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what are the ways in which he does express emotion in general? So does he say words out loud about how he's feeling? Does he, you know, dance around? Does he, you know, is it is it obvious when he's having a particular emotion about something and you know what that emotion is? So let's just take grief off the table to okay, start. Good, good, great. If, if, um, if he's happy or if he's interested in something or he's looking forward mm-hmm. to something or he's surprised or he's disappointed. I'm just curious how that, how he- it's so- it's, it's so interesting. I so appreciate you asking this too, because that's why I always talk about, you know, we talk about questions are just so powerful. I'm just like, my appreciation level is just rising as you ask these questions. Um, and this is what I'm I already up there, Susanna, just so you know, I'm already <laughs> appreciative of you. So apparently Sean has to work up the appreciation level, but I, well, no, 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 that's not true. It's, it's, it's <laughs> rising, but it, it has surpassed Brian's though. It's, oh, okay. It's, well, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see what the starting point was. Answer the question. Answer the question. Okay. Anyway, no. Uh, But I I would want the same thing if I were listening to the show. So I'm glad you said that because it depends on what the emotion is. He can say, oh, I'm angry. He'll say, I'm sad, which he's done before. And if he's hungry, he'll ask for a specific food, sometimes out of habit because he gets a certain thing at a certain time of day, but he's less likely to tell you, oh, I'm hungry. You're more likely to find out that he's actually hungry because it's dawned on you. Oh, wait a minute. He's a little grumpy and he's a little edgy. He's, he, he's, he's probably hungry. So it, de- it depends on, depends on what the emotion is. It's a combination. It depends on the emotion and, and the situation, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to dig a little deeper. So when Mm -hmm. he says, I am sad, and when he says, I am angry, do you Mm -hmm. trust that those are the exact emotions he is feeling? Or do you think that he's saying, I am sad, I am angry because he's supposed to be sad and he's supposed to be angry about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if there's some other presentation, even in his, his, you know, his, his body and his movements and not necessarily his words that 
you know, allow you to understand what he's really feeling or how he's processing a particular emotion. Yes, there's there's times when we can trust the, uh, exactly what he's saying, that mm -hmm. he's conveying exactly what he feels. There's other times when you find yourself questioning what it might be. For instance, if he's playing his minion rush game on his iPad and the minion dies, there's no doubt as to why he's upset because he'll scream very loudly. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes he'll, sometimes he'll tell you, no, the minion died. And I mean, scream, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know that other times it feels like there may not be certainty. And so, you know, I'll dig and, you know, I may say, well, why are you, why are you upset? And he won't be clear. And this is the way his speech works. He's verbal, but he can say, I feel so-and-so when you ask why, he it may be kind of jumbled as he tries to explain why he has that feeling and there's there are times when i feel that he can't convey what he's really feeling there's times when i'm not certain if it is what he's really feeling so it's a it's a, a great combination of things yeah and you know i think that we have the, you know not only do we have emotions i think that that it's actually a, a really more complex emotion grid um, of feelings that sometimes we all stick into one category. I know we were just talking about this earlier or yesterday, rather, when we were talking about today's show um, in terms of, you know, sort of overarching grief and feelings of sadness and what are all the contributors to, you know, feeling like, you know, you're, you need to, you're in grief, like you're in sadness, you're in sorrow, you're in, and what are the reasons why? And so I was really asking you all those questions about Elijah, because I feel like our emotions um, that we hold so much in our bodies, whether we, you know, express verbally mm -hmm. or express by moving our body or express by stomping or making noises or banging our head against the wall, whatever it is, um, the, the feelings have to to leave our body in a way for there to be a healthy release. Um, otherwise, we are going to act out in ways that are not going to be as healthy and would be considered uh, even to be toxic because we're holding so much in our bodies, stored in our bodies, and our bodies will have responses, typically trauma responses, to you know big feelings that, that are unable to be released in some way. Right, so, exactly. The way that I have typically worked with my client and um, specifically my 17-year-old daughter, because I have a 17-year-old too, Sean. Amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. That's crazy. She uh, just started her sophomore year in high school. She's sort of on a different um, path. But uh, I am looking forward to the day that she will also be taking senior photos. That'll be really fun. So, um, but I have a I have a seventeen year old who feels very. She has big, 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 big feelings about so many different things, and she has different ways that she expresses um, all all these big feelings. And again, I think that that the most helpful thing that I can do to support her is to allow for her to have the space, create the space and know that she can be given the space um, to be able to express in however she wants to express in a safe way um, and with whatever words she wants to express with and that she's not going to be in trouble for expressing them. Now, a lot mm -hmm. of the time she has a hard time accessing you know, the words. And so 
I will just sort of be here um, calmly just narrating what is happening and what I'm observing her body doing and what I'm observing, mm. um, you know, her energy to be. And as I'm sort of narrating that, she's able to start tapping into like, hmm, yeah, there are some other things that are happening. And I will literally take a piece of paper, just a blank piece of paper from your printer or whatever. And I'll just start writing down the things that she starts saying. So as I am narrating to her what I observe, her body doing, her energy doing, her energy feeling, mm-hmm. um, she starts, you know, talking or acting out in whatever way that she is using to express at the time. And mm-hmm. I will start writing down whatever she's saying or doing. And then she gets really invested in, okay, now I'm connected and motivated because my mother is sitting here like, right. And by the way, I do this with my clients too. Um, I have, you know, adults um, who I work with, with disabilities. I work with parents of children with disabilities and I, it is so effective to just pen to paper, write down what is happening and observing. Can you give us an example of what the narration looks or more importantly, sounds like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for example, so my daughter, Arizona will, you know, stomp her foot or something, right? I'm like, oh, you're stomping your foot. Literally narrating what she's doing. You're stomping Mm -hmm. your foot. I'm noticing a scowl. You know, I'm noticing that you are sighing. I notice, I'm noticing that you're turning away from me. I'm noticing that you're looking outside. You're really thinking about something. You're mm-hmm. really trying to understand what's happening, you know, and, oh, and you're crossing your arms. You're crossing your arms now. I mean, it's just honestly, like literally whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mommy, 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 I just, I just, you really want to let me know something, you know, you really want to talk to me about something. I just, I'm having, I just don't even know how I'm feeling. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Don't know how you're feeling. You know, what's, you know, it's so amazing about that. It, it's so, the greatest things are so simple. And so Brian and I, in our conversation off the air and then on the show, we always talk about, you know, critical thinking, your conscious thinking, think about what you think about. And the fact that we operate on such autopilot, again, this is related to special needs, but if you have in any situation, just like we talk about a problem not being solved at the same level of consciousness at which it occurs, according mm-hmm. to Einstein, yeah. that's the example of the very thing. As you as we do what we do and we're an autopilot, if somebody else is talking about you're doing so-and-so, you're doing, it, it might seem like it's very elementary, but if it's something that is on autopilot, you may not be aware that you're doing that with or without a diagnosis, just as a human being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you may not even know yeah, the actions that you're taking or you're, you know, you're you're scowling. I'm, like, I'm scowling? I'm scowling? Yeah. I, I'm yeah, noticing right. you're scowling. I'm noticing you're thinking about something. I'm like, is it because then it becomes like, oh my gosh, is it is that what I'm trying to express? Is what you are noticing what I'm trying to express? And then there's that reconciliation, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess once that use a term that's never left with me, which is behavior is language. It's like, oh, wait a minute, it is. It's more right. it's it's oh. it's greater mm-hmm. language than words. <laughs> Well, yes, for sure. And emotions, you know, we we call it, you know, our emotional messenger system for a reason, um, because the emotions have something to tell us, just like our physical 
ailments and issues with our body, our, our messages for us, um, our emotions equally too. You know, I am, mm -hmm. I currently am looking like a chipmunk right now uh, because I have some sort of sinus issue happening. Also, I'm like totally vain. So I have to, you know, <laughs> Put that disclaimer out there that my cheek. We couldn't tell though. We couldn't tell. tell. I'm telling you, we cannot I tell. Like, should I come to the show with a little bowl of acorns, like so you no. can? Yeah. No, we can't. It might, it might feel like it's you know, out here, but we can't. We can't see I'm any great of that. Storing up for the winter. Stop it, right? <laughs> I'm um, a little pain. I'm getting a little pain now. So but the, pain. the emotional. The emotional messenger system. I mean, so, so, but what you were just saying, Brian, it's so it's like, what is, if it does, it kind of makes you like take a pause and be like, okay, what is real and true for me right now? What is real and true for me right now? You know, even, you know, you walk into a store or a bank or whatever, and they're like, how are you doing today? And you know, your, 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 your rote answer is typically I'm good. And what I've started to do is actually check in with myself before I answer that very question that is asked to us all the time, just randomly, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. wrote, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. I'm just okay. Or, you know, I'm really tired or I'm so in joy right now. You know, I answer mm -hmm. like that too. And people are like, oh, great. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just, I, I, I love every opportunity to be able to really tap into how I am right now. Like, how, how are you, you know? You know, what's so interesting about that is that, is that I, I was, I'm always the king of, oh yeah, no, I'm great. Things are good. Things are great. And, and in the last, in the last five weeks, I have absolutely not done that. I've absolutely like, I'm, I'm, I'm slogging through, you know, I'm really, I'm struggling at the moment. Like I'm slogging through life right now. So I, you know, I verbalize that I, Sean knows when I get angry, it's, you know, it's somebody or something. I'm like, this really bothers me. And I've been much more in tune with saying what's true for me, you know, what's, what's mm -hmm. my truth, because, you know, especially when it comes to grief, which I think is such an intense uh, emotion, I, I just, I can't even fake my way through that. Like, I mean, my daughter, Jordan said, sent me a note, you look tired. I'm like, I'm not tired i'm just i'm i'm exhausted weighted mm -hmm. i'm weighted mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's not and it and it does and it, i'm sure it comes out tired you know i look tired and that's so that's to, to the point that i think you're saying Susanna, which is interesting to go oh am i am i exhibiting tiredness or am i just exhibiting you know weighted down i i used to work for a guy who was diagnosed with asperger's and he did not know how to actually emote and so he learned how to emote by imitating. So, you know, he would say something that was clearly very sad. And he was like, oh, you know, that's really sad. You know, and he would like, you know, which which we used to, you know, at the time, not really understand it. We look at him like, that is just a, such a, a weird thing. But he would like he would he would present what he learned was the what of the look of the emotion he was trying to convey, even though he couldn't actually convey the emotion itself. Um and so I'm just, you know, so anyways, I just, I, those two thoughts came to me because my thought is like, I just, I can't, like, I can't fake it anymore, you know, or maybe I'll yeah. be able to again sometimes too, but I just, for me, it's, you know, so that, so understanding that 
hearing you say, you know, I'm just going to narrate it. I think that that would be such a powerful exercise for everybody to do. Every with exactly kids, with their spouses, with a you know somebody in their family, just go. Let me let me let's play this. Let's play this. You know, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna the next hour. I'm gonna narrate what I'm perceiving or what I'm what I'm noticing, what I'm seeing is happening, and you know, it's an. I think it would be an interesting exercise again. The practice of yes, yeah, I do it for myself all the time. You know, um, Susanna, I'm noticing, huh? I'm noticing that you don't have as much of a pep in your step as you normally do. I'm noticing that something is bothering you and you're not quite sure exactly what it is. I'm noticing that you're feeling some pressure about something. Let's take a pause. Let's take a moment to identify what that is. So we can just sort of put that on the table and know what it is. <laughs> that yeah. is the issue. You know how sometimes there's just like a pit in your stomach for some reason and you can't yep. remember why, but yeah. something yeah. triggered you within the last day or so that you're just like, ugh. And it, it could very well be just like, oh, that's right, because I have this deliverable for my taxes due on Friday, and I have such a busy week, and I just don't know how. I'm, so that's the anxiety that I'm feeling. Hmm. Okay, so what's real and true for me about that? Well, there's a deadline, so I need to get that done. What's going to happen if I don't? What's going to happen in the meantime, in the next three days, um, that can help support my anxiety around it? You know, and I have to walk myself through it all the time. I am a mess, you guys. Like I am a hot mess all the time. I have journals that I like sleep with because if I wake up and have a worry, I have to write it down because that's my process. And then I'm mm -hmm. always taking myself through uh, my own stuff. But it's it's really it's really better for everyone on this planet if I do so. Otherwise, I will act out. And the way <laughs> to act out is like you know. Just different ways of acting out, stomping my face, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for example. Um, well, the thing is, it carries weight. It, it, it's it, like like Brian said, feeling weighted because to to quote unquote fake it, you know, there's a delicate balance because to some people, you ask them, "How's it going?" and you have what I call the bartender effect, where they go, "How's it going?" Well, let me tell you, ah, and they open their mouth and. <laughs> Every thought comes out. Well, first the dog bit me, then the cat scratched me, and after that I got shot. But then after I got stitches, Sheesh. and they just go on with their day. And then there's other people that just, you know, the other end of the spectrum is you just carry everything inside. And I can almost feel weight on my chest as I just physically talk about what it means to just, we're good. Everything's great. Everything's great. And when you get home at the end of the day yeah. and you let loose, if you're letting it out by choice, it's just like, this weight off your shoulders. And if you don't even do that, you know, the bottom line is that whatever is in there gets out and it's better for yourself and everybody involved. If it gets out under your control, as opposed to forcing its way out. Yeah. I was going to say, I just think, I think that we're also used to, you know, having just sort of surface conversations with people. So if somebody says, how you doing? You, some people think, well, I, I, my computers, my internet's acting weird. Sorry about that. But you know, when somebody asks what I'm doing, I don't, what I'm going through is not important enough for me to share this with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so sometimes I like, yeah, I'm fine, you know, and that we just kind of go on our day. Sorry. My internet kind of keeps going out. Um, but, um, but I think that, you know, at, at the end, if, if I'm really, if I'm really, again, presenting or exhibiting something that feels out of integrity or out of, out of alignment with, yes. with myself, 
then I know that I'm ex exhibiting it in some way. Somebody's going to say something and I just feel like I have to say something in order to go, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really having a tough time right now. You know, I'm kind of going through some stuff and I'll get through it, but I'm just going through some stuff right now. So, because in a way it sort of says, just F <laughs> heads up. I may say something that may be bad or maybe offensive, whatever. I'm just saying like, I'm going through some stuff. It's not an excuse, but just to give you some, some context, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also depends on the audience too, of course, you know, I mean, sometimes there are people we feel safer with than others sure. um, and, and the ability to be vulnerable with it comes much easier with some others. I'm remembering a time, Brian, actually, maybe it was within the last year, certainly within the last maybe six, six to eight, 10 months, I was conducting a Zoom interview with you um, about something that I was doing for my upcoming book. And, you know, started off the interview process and we were recording on Zoom. Do you remember this, Brian? Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, was asking you some questions and you were just, you know, going sort of going through the answers. And then we both kind of paused because I was like, okay, tell me more, you know? And so then I stopped the recording because I could read and feel the energy of, something else happening in the moment. And um, it ended up being such a beautiful space to be able to hold for you in that, you know, period of time where things were not hunky-dory at the moment, yeah. you know, and um, the release, the ability to release those feelings in a, in a, in a, again, a safe space is, absolutely everything. And the more we practice doing that, we find our people to be able to do that with, um, the more we will have that as a go-to, that, that's just a tool. That's just a resource that we have in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. It is yeah, I, highly, highly, highly deliciously effective. Since our first conversation with you three years ago, I, I have found it to be a, first of all, you're a very safe place for me personally, but also just in that mo that mindset of, you know, tears are good. You know, release of emotions is good. It's healthy. You need to release it. You need, you know, the body is telling you something. You need to let it go. I have been able to do that much more over the last three years because of your, you know, your coaching. I would say prodding, nudging, hitting me over the head, but um, gentle prod prodding. Because uh, I think it's a, I think it is a good thing, and I have felt it to be, you know. Cathartic to be able to do that. So thank you. But there's no doubt emotional suppression is the most expensive thing on the planet. You know, um, yeah. Virtually yeah. nothing else because the costs just completely mount and reveal themselves in so many different ways. And if you consider the fact that, you know, like we always say, we're as close to perfect as we're usually going to get when we're born because there's, we, we don't have any consideration no filters you know no nothing standing between you impossibility no, no no judgment you just accept people as they are and you know as time goes on those things change and so obviously um you know that 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 plays a role into um to everything that we, that we do and become for sure and I think, and Susanna, listen, I want us to also say this and, you know, as we're, as we're going through this and, and we've been going through again, our own personal journeys through grief and emotion, but the, I, don't, I, don't, I just want to mention this shameless plug. 
Um, the fact that you've been journaling for such a long time and you and you're so in tune with the process that you're going through, um, the fact that it is the it is the result the result of which is going to be manifested in a book, and it's not mm -hmm. just manifested someday like a book is coming out. We're excited. I'm excited for people to read, and I think it's you know the, I think it's just part one of your of a series of books that you are going to be releasing, which I'm very very excited about but i think that that you like today you you're giving you give you know you give suggestions and tools and ways to handle certain things that i think are simple on the surface and yet are so um powerful you're kind of like a surgeon you're getting in there and you know you're you're working on stuff that has such a good impact and so i'm excited and people should know that your book is coming out soon yes soonish Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, yeah, right now we're in the final sort of proofreading, final, final edits of my little, my little project. Um, mm -hmm. The title of my book is actually called Your True Self is Enough, Lessons Learned um, on My Journey Parenting a Child with Autism. And the title, Your True Self is Enough, are, is, uh, are actually words spoken by my daughter, Arizona, when mm. being interviewed to do the foreword for my book. So she's going to be doing the foreword for That's my fantastic. book. fantastic. She doesn't want her name in the book. So it was, I, think I her, know. her name is going to be A or something like that. But either way, you guys know who it is. Um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, you know, talking about feelings and grief, I mean, grief, again, can show up very cyclically, especially mm -hmm. in disability families. I mean, I, you know, coach parents through through grief constantly. I mean, over and over again, I coach myself through grief. I mean, you know, some days I feel like life is great and there are so much there's so much hope and opportunity and limitless possibility for Arizona. And then other days I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so mm -hmm. I'm so worried. I'm so overwhelmed. There are so many uncertainties. Mm -hmm. But can the yep. Also I was just gonna ask, can the are we too early? Because I, I know we talked about it. Is the book available for pre-order at this point yet? Um no, not like not logistically, but um, okay, good, good. You know, we just want to make sure that as soon as it is, we want to make sure that everybody knows. Um, and for those of you that know Susanna's, you know, you know, she said she was vain earlier. She's not vain enough to shamelessly plug. So that's why I'm like, okay, where's the pre-order? Can we get it up there? Because if anybody's listening and you're hearing, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. This seems so simple and obvious, but I never thought of that. That's what her work is. And we created this show to shine a spotlight and uplift those that are in service to others and especially in these community and beyond. And that is everything that you are. So we want to make sure that the light is appropriately shown, you know, and, and lifted. So make sure you let us know when we're able to do that pre-order. Go ahead, Brian. Well, and I'm going to say that I, you know, I got a chance to do, you know, to get a sort of a pre-edit, you know, copy of the manuscript just a couple of weeks ago. So, I was sitting in the lobby of a hotel in Houston um, and again, processing my own situation, my own grief, the things that I've been going through and reading this book. And I, I, I said to Susanna, I said, I feel like an idiot. I'm in the middle of this lobby and I'm not like tears are just streaming down my face because 
it's it's emotional on so many levels and it just was like pushing you know emotional buttons you know throughout and it is it is so so beautiful and it is such so well written and such a lovely um i i think people are going to get so much value whether they have a whether they have a child that has a, you know some sort of special needs issue or neurotypical children alike people are going to get tremendous value out of this and it is it, it is beautiful and don't read it, you know, a week or two after your mom passes away, but you know, <laughs> unless you've got your box of Kleenex handy, um, but it is, it is exquisite. It is exquisite. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, for certain it is a labor of love, but it was also extremely cathartic for me to write it. And by the way, I've been writing it for 10 years because it has been so, uh, such an emotional write for me. And mm -hmm. uh, it used to be 300 pages. And now it's, you know, I whittle, whittle it down, but I think it needed to be 300 pages in the beginning because I needed to get it all out. You know, I needed to write it down. And then there were those nights where I was writing and I was listening to Coldplay at the same time. And I was also like just sobbing. And even now, when I go back to read um, some of the sections, I get pretty choked up and emotional because um, I am, I'm so grateful for the journey. I am so grateful to be where I am today, um, which is not something I thought I had access to, you know, in the very beginning of Arizona's, you know, what I call the, the never years, you know, the list, the lists of nevers, she, you know, she'll never do this. She'll never do that. She'll never coming from professionals. Um, mind you, I think we're all familiar. We're, the three of us are all familiar with that mm -hmm. in journey of our Very own, much. our own parenting journey. So, but you know, for me, writing is life. That is the way that I am able to process my emotions. I grew up in a household where we didn't talk about feelings and that much, there wasn't the space for that. And um, I always felt like I was in trouble <laughs> because I was always breaking the, the rules. I don't know. And, um, and so my place of refuge was um, pen and paper. And it still very mm -hmm. much is today. And my journaling journey actually officially started when I was 13. So I actually have all of my journals from the age of 13 until now, which is the age of 49. And um, it's been exquisite to sort of, you know, go back and reflect and look at look at the growth and the evolution that has happened. Um, I mean, certainly my first journals were all about like, oh, Tommy is cute and Charlie is cute. And, you know, <laughs> all about like hearts and bubbles and rainbows and balloons. Um, right. And uh, but it has been it has been such a delicious journey. And I am I just I, I can't even survive without my journal nearby. It is it's beautiful. A fact. It's a fact. It's and so the book that I wrote, if we can come back to this word, Sean, that you were using earlier in this conversation of elementary, it really is. So now it's no longer 300 pages. It is whittled down to about 100 pages, 105, 110. And it is, you know, sort of memoir plus guidebook. So it's like anecdotal stories of, you know, what I have uh, experienced raising Arizona. And then also like what I have learned um, and what I want to share in terms of just basic, basic tips of like what I wish I had known back then. Mm -hmm. And this is what I would tell myself back then. Like I 
wish that I had me. This book is kind of what I wish I had when I was, you know, going through all of these experiences. Yeah. Back well, then. You know, similar or unlike, maybe similar to your upbringing, I don't know. My emotions were not, in my house, as it, when I was growing up, emotions were a sign of weakness. And I always kind of wore my heart on my sleeve and was, you know, I, I learned like just, you know, keep that, keep that down inside. And then, yeah. and then as I've gotten older, it's funny because I used to, and I was not really joke about this, but I used to say that when my partner had an issue or even if my kids had an issue, it would take, it literally would take me a moment to un to process what was happening. I used to, the joke was I used to like, I'm terrible at coddling people. I don't know how to, I don't know how to care for somebody going through something um, because I didn't know. I like, I literally had to figure out how to, how to process it. Isn't that ironic? Cause now I'm like, I'm like, keep my emotions, you know, <laughs> my emotions are close to the surface on a regular basis now, but I don't even, I don't really know how to, what that, what that looks like. So, reading your book and seeing what you've got through it. You took us through that, or, you know, for those who are going to read this, are going to take them through that journey as well. I found that to be so uh, a bit cathartic for me as well. And also gave me op opportunity to sort of think about how, how do I handle that in my, you know, as a parent, my children yeah. are so three could diversely, you know, so different and everything that they do and, and how do I be the best father for them and their needs and mm -hmm. what they're going through. So, uh, you know, anyways, great experience to, 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 to go through, to read, as I said, sitting in the lobby with just tears pouring down my face. So I'm appreciative. Let me ask you this, Susanna. So anybody that's new to a diagnosis or close to one because they've been going through early intervention and maybe this is a suspicion but not a confirmed diagnosis, they're going to be given a bunch of tools with regard to their child or loved one, um, whether it's someone that's simply the, the the diagnosis is simply age and we're looking at alzheimer's or uh whatever the case might be or um uh, a toddler who may be slow in development they're going to be given a bunch of things and tools and everything to help that individual in your position working with families what are some of the things that you might offer to someone to look out for for themselves, what might you suggest to someone to help them put their mask on first on the bumpy plane, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that is always my piece of advice for anyone and everyone in life in general, which is you take care of yourself first, period, end of story. Um, mm -hmm. And that is not selfish. It is absolutely necessary in many ways. And it is also um, a, a beautiful, it has a beautiful ripple effect because we are modeling those around us, including our children or including those who we support, that um, that who we are matters, you know, who we are matters. And, and what I like to explain to Arizona when she is just like, but I need your full attention right now, every single minute of the day, right? I say, listen, Arizona, it is my wish. It is my wish to have my tank so full that I am giving from you, giving to you from the overflow of that. Look, so say you have like this pitcher of, of water, just, you know, sort of visualize this for a second. You have this pitcher of water. I want it to be running over 
abundantly with extra water, so much water. I want to be so filled up that you're getting all of that juicy, delicious water at the top from me. That is my wish for you as your, as your mother. And so the only way that I can fill up this pitcher with delicious, clean, spring fresh, you know, water, alkaline water, whatever you want to call it, with some electrolytes and you know, maybe a little lime wedge. Um, I want to, I have to do that. These are the ways, these are the things that I have to do in order to get to that overflow. And yeah. when I explain it to her like that, she's like, okay, mommy, okay. And so I'm like, and so that right now is going to take me about five minutes. And then I'm going to come back to you, whatever, whatever it is in the moment. Like I just need five minutes and then you can ask me three questions. You know, this actually happened last night because I was sending a work email and She's like, mommy, I just don't feel like I have your undivided attention. <laughs> and I was I like, love her. <laughs> I was like, because you don't. And I will tell you that you will if you just give me seven minutes. Because remember, I want to give you from this top, juicy, delicious, crispy, cold water, you know, overflow of my pitcher. Um, but that can't happen right in this moment. But once I finish this email, take a breath then I will be so present with you. And it works every time, every single mm. time. So, but you know, Amazing. I mean, you know, it's just, again, practice, 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 practice. So, mm -hmm. so Sean, to get back to your question, it's like, yeah, we have to, I mean, it's so important. And, you know, once we're able to do that for ourselves, we are really able to have a, 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 um, a lens where we just have this, so much compassion for those of us, right. for those around us. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Arizona can, I mean, I can sometimes be annoyed by the incessant questions because I get them. I'm like assaulted and bombarded by the same yeah. questions around the clock. But when I have that, that space, you know, when I have the water overflowing, I am just like, okay, Arizona, I am so with you. Tell me more. And then I just really, oh, she just wants to connect. Oh, she's having a worry about something. It's her second day of school and she's having anxiety. And last year was such a horrible transition to high school. It was so rough emotionally. And she's actually mm -hmm. having a different experience now. And she just wants to talk about it. I can have that, you know, presence. Um, I can have that connection with her that feels so and it's very like it's it's palpable you know i am just like i am so connected to you all that matters in this moment is that we are connecting and you are expressing yourself to me and i am listening and holding space and creating space tell me more and it's delicious and typically yeah. when that happens you know then you know seven minutes later, she's running off to go get a doll or, you know, go get a book or do something else because right. she feels satiated, you know? Mm. She, yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, okay, I'm good. As opposed to me just kind of like halfway listening. Okay. What? Okay. Uh-huh. What? Okay. Uh-huh. What? I'm doing something else. Multitasking. Yeah. For yeah. the next two hours, she's nagging me, trying to get my attention. <laughs> So it is just, it's just, again, that's why I call it a ripple effect. It's like, uh, yeah. it's like a breath of fresh air. And I feel so good about myself 
I've taken my, you know, I've advocated for myself. She has been able to advocate for herself. We're in it together. Yeah. It's it's an next level. It's Love. delicious. So to Love. our loved ones, it's like, hey, Love. look, do you want me to do you want me to give you mud or do you want crystal clean water? Which one is it? From the top of the well. You know what I mean? From yeah. like the yeah. crispest, freshest, um, you know, no bacteria swimming around part of the well. Like just the best crispy, delicious, yes, overflowing pitcher of water. I Drink mean, of the gods or dregs of the earth. Which one do you want? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I need you to call. I need you to call Blake and uh, just tell him that that's what I'm trying to do. Blake so, is Brian's son, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, sure. I have his number. I will text him right now. <laughs> Your dad just needs to give you some fresh water. Just give him seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is you need in the moment. I mean, it's right? circumstantially. But no, it's. It is so delicious to the point where, and you guys know this about me, is I have a really hard time receiving compliments and thinking that I'm worthy. And, you know, I, I am, I love to be of service and give, 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 give and nurture and provide and nourish and cherish everyone else except for myself. You know this. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you, I have been practicing so much um, giving from my overflow having to get to a place where I have overflow first. Right, so right. Practice, 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 to the point that the other day, you guys, this is this is huge. I looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what, Susanna? You are actually a phenomenal mother. You are phenomenal. You are exceptional. I am so proud of you. Mm -hmm. wow. It's funny, I, this, this morning I was I thinking, you know, the greatest post, I could make it was just to, just to tell people, you know what? Look in the mirror today and fall in love. You know, because the love that we that we're able to give to anyone or anything outside of ourselves is yeah. so greatly determined by the amount that we're able or willing to give to ourselves. You know, and 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 most people, um, like I said, everyone has holes, deficiencies. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care how big their name is there are things missing in everyone. It is just part of the human experience. Uh, and unfortunately, most of us can't, you know, don't just raise our hand, especially men. Just like, you know what? Here's where I think I'm missing so-and-so. <laughs> As opposed to that mask, but like, no, I am I am quite well. I am even better than you, you know? <laughs> There's so much more of that taking place, which is really a detriment to the world. You know, and that's as true as it is corny because, you know, uh, again, it's about putting the mask on first. You can't help a drowning person if you don't know how to swim. It's true. Yeah. And, and the missing piece, that void, whatever you want to call it, it really is just an unmet need if you, if you mm -hmm. unpack it. Right. So exactly. you know, back to our emotions. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? What is, how, how is this a familiar feeling? to when I was a child. I'd like, just take yourself through the whole process. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's magical leaning into feelings, magical. Yeah, it is, it is. And like everything else, again, you know, this is a revelation that I just seem to, I find myself amazed at every day as though I'm discovering it for the first time. 
but just what happens, you know, in 24 hours prior, I had the same feeling, which is everything that matters to everyone matters twice as much to those of us in the special needs community. And when it comes to people and emotions and contribution and everything, that is just, that's everything. That's what, that, that's what our existence is about. And speaking of existence, the existence of this episode has gotten so close to its end in such a short period of time as usual. Yeah, this, I just want to say one. I just want to say one thing while we're just while we're on the subject. I went to a, a another memorial service for a, a wife of a friend of mine on Friday, and I, I as I was sitting there, by the way, the church was packed, six hundred people at this woman's memorial. Mm. And it, I, I mean, I was in you know, I was in a different, I was in a different space, I think, than a lot of people. Obviously, there for the person, but in, for me, it was it was everything. And I, I what I find is that is that we're so connected to so many ripples in this, in this existence that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't compartmentalize, men love to compartmentalize. We can't compartmentalize certain things. And I think when we try to do that, we're often surprised when something way over there triggers this emotion again. And so um, what you're, what you both are really talking about is just, you know, staying in tune, reminding yourself, forgiving yourself, you know, allowing yourself to, you know, to go through that release, to look at where, you know, what, there's something there that you can learn from, something that you're, you can connect it to, maybe it's something in your past and, and, you know, lean into it. I, not one that tends to do that. And the last six weeks I have been forced to do that. And I think that's where some of my unsettledness comes from. Um, and so, I appreciate you, Susanna, very much, you know, come very, very good friends through all this. And, 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 and Sean, your questions are just so perfect and so right on. And, and I'm, I'm going to say it happens for neurotypical families and neurotypical individuals as well. And, and being able to have an understanding of it for myself will help me relate to those that have some, you know, special needs issues because there are tools that I may not have immediate access to, but I can learn how to, you know, how to get to there just to, you know, make the world a better place as we say, not, you know, not be judgmental, but have some empathy and some love and some understanding of other folks, what they're going through. So thank you. Most definitely. Thank you for today was a, I'm sure I'll turn off the microphone, turn off the camera and, you know, ball my eyes out, but I, uh, well, you know, really needed, just to have this conversation and then probably need a few more and probably, you know, process through all this. And so hopefully people got some value out of this. And Susanna, I can't wait for people to read your book. It's so, so exquisite. So amazing. Oh and yeah. You are I, I, a fabulous mother. You are a fabulous mother. Thank you. I do know that. Mm-hmm. I do know that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Good. That's fantastic. Uh, we're at the point on our show where, you know, we generally ask this question. I think this is, you may be the first or second person that gets the, answer this question more than once because I've asked it of you before. I'd love to see the evolution. But our ability to change the world uh, is tied to our ability or our willingness to change ourselves. Therefore, with that in mind, give us one example, Susanna, if you will, of a belief that you once felt strongly but no longer believed to be true. Yeah, I will tell you exactly what that is. I had a belief after Arizona was diagnosed. And after I was sort of in the throes of that swampy period um, and Mm -hmm. falling into a deep, dark abyss of depression and anxiety, 
I believed that I would never be happy again. I believed that I would never find fulfillment and real sort of sustainable joy in my life ever again. I thought that I would have moments of, you know, ups and downs, but mostly downs. I really did not know that this beautiful and bountiful, delicious life was available to me in terms of connection and purpose and being centered and all of the amazing energy that is in my life right now. Um, the love that surrounds me and supports me is, again, something I never could have imagined or pictured for myself. So I'm happy to report that that old belief is exactly that. It's an old belief and not my truth. So, um, yay. I love that. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Beautiful. That is fantastic. We love you. We love you, Susanna. Yay, that I we do. It. That we do. Thank you. Love you guys um, too. Yeah. Thank you again for doing this. And, you know, I've already said my piece empathy and love. Blah, blah, blah. Sean, you good. <laughs> Roll us out of here. Yes. Well, thank, everyone for thank everyone for taking the time to tune in. And Thank you to that which is okay. This is just as true as it is corny. Thank you to that which is greater than us, whether you call them God, Yahweh, Allah, or the universe, her, it, they, whatever it might be. Because we're thankful for this platform and the opportunity to have even a shot at adding value to the lives of other people. But especially these past couple episodes, it just seems like them, and I know the ones that are coming up. I know Brian and I just, I just feel like, like there are things that we needed. You know, we feel very selfish, like this is like we're on somebody else's show getting what we needed in the given moment where we happen to be in life in terms of the the transitions and things that we are um, both going through, which is which is a good thing because there's some great things that are coming down the, uh, the pipeline as a result of that. But um, with that in mind, just remember that we should be more childlike and less childish. Questions are so much more powerful than statements. And wherever you are within the sound of our voice, whether you're catching this live after the fact or viewing it on any of the various platforms that are out there, remember, we love you. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Susanna. Bye, guys.